The gospel connects to every single aspect of our lives, regardless if it is things of primary importance, like your relationships, of course. The gospel has to connect to our relationships because those things are high on our list. But the gospel also connects to tertiary matters, those things that are important but not at the level of our relationships. Now, one of those lesser but valuable loves in all of our lives is Christian music. Music, yes it is, we love music. It's also hotly debated. It is an issue within Christian circles for all kinds of reasons, and well, that in itself is is enough to make knowing how to connect the gospel to your music choices vital. And so I want to talk about that in this podcast. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. If you want to read what I'm sharing with you, you can get a full transcript on our website. The title of this podcast and the article that is live and sitting on our website is how to connect the gospel to your music choices. I have done a half a dozen of these articles in the past week and a half on how to connect the gospel to. And so one of those things is to parental discipline. One is to arguments. One is to evil and unfairness. And and there are a few others. And you can read all of those articles on our website. Speaking of the one, parental discipline, as I was wrapping up this article on connecting the gospel to our music choices, I received this note from one of our regular uh, responders on our forums who comes here often. His name is Eric, and I really appreciate Eric coming and, and sharing his heart and, and, and being such an encouragement to our team and all the other folks who look in on our, on our free forums. But Eric said this. He's been reading the article, How to Connect the Gospel to Parental Discipline, and he said, This was parenting gold right there. My first time being a dad, I found myself in difficult circumstances. I love being a dad. It wanted to be a good one, but I had some issues that was pushing people away and affecting my son. I never saw repentance in my home growing up, really, so I don't know what it was. Through articles and teaching here, we have a relationship with lots more repenting to each other, mostly to him. I don't I don't like when I'm too harsh at times, but what I do, I try to make sure I, I make time to talk about it and show him love and tell him what I meant in a better, more loving way instead of just remaining silent about my sin. Great info for a struggling parent is key info. Again, Eric was reading the article, How to Connect the Gospel to Parental Discipline. I would encourage you to read that article. Eric reminds me of me when I read what he writes. I'm looking into the mirror, as he said there, that, well, he didn't have that modeled when he was growing up. Yes and amen. Neither neither did I, and I so understand what you are, are saying. Unfortunately, many of us did not have a gospel-centered template to our lives, and that's why connecting the gospel to every aspect of your life is important. And that's why I pulled this one out and said, well, this would be a good one to talk about it, because it's not of primary importance, like I said, like relationships, but it is important because music is good. Music affects us. Everybody, everybody likes music. We're familiar 
familiar with it, and of course, it is a hot-button issue. And so connecting the gospel, we want to learn how to do it. And so I want to take a a very mundane, run-of-the-mill, relevant, daily thing that that we participate in and talk about connecting the gospel to it. Now, if you want to talk to us the way Eric does, you can get on our free community forums. Now, I said uh, free community forums. Eric may Eric's a supporting member, and so he may be on our private forums. And so it depends, either one. If you do support our ministry, you're welcome to do that, and you can get on our private forums. But if not, just go to the community forums. It's because of Eric that we have these free forums and we have these free resources. And, and so you're welcome to go, and, and we're not going to... It's fine. We, we, you don't have to ever support us. That's between you and the Lord. But what is important to us, this is the important thing, and that is that we have the opportunity to serve you, and you can make that happen. And so if you do have a question about connecting the gospel to any aspect of life, to music, to parental discipline, to something else, maybe you have a question about something else, and that would be fantastic. I want you to I want you to ask it. All right, let me jump into this one, how to connect the gospel to your music choices. When thinking about connecting the gospel to music, you want to distinguish between what the gospel is and its effects. Now, I want you to follow with me in this illustration I'm going to share with you in just a moment because I'm going to connect what I'm about to say to this idea of music. And so hang tight, listen well, because it will make sense in a few moments. But what I want you to do right now is is to distinguish between what the gospel is, and it may may be more accurate to say who the gospel is, and the effects or the results of the gospel. Those are two different things. Now, they interlock, of course. There are two things that you don't, you never separate. You don't want to separate, but they are two different things nonetheless. And so you want to distinguish between what or who the gospel is and the effects of the gospel. Let me illustrate my point here. Imagine if it was Christmas and you gave your you gave a gift to your child now while we are using our imagination here let's suppose that your child expressed gratitude for your generosity for your kindness for your thoughtfulness toward him and let's also agree in this illustration that the child opened the gift enjoyed the gift and was happy with the gift but here's the twist Let's say the child chose to set the gift aside to spend time with you, the giver of the gifts, rather than the present. Now, maybe your child would say something like this in the illustration. Dad, you are so kind to me. You have blessed me in every way imaginable by how you lavish your love on me. You have gone to great lengths to provide this gift. And while I am incredibly grateful and blessed by your generosity, I had rather spend time with you. You're the one I love. You're the one that I adore. You're the one that I desire to be with, even more than this gift, as much as I am appreciative of the gift. Dad, I don't want to minimize what you have given to me. I'm not doing that at all. But I want you, most of all, Dad. Now, I know that every one of you, all you parents, have had that experience with your children on Christmas Day. It is a common 
is a common occurrence. Or maybe not. I'm not sure about you, but I think if any one of my children ever said something like that or remotely close to this, I, I think I would fall through the floor. Now, I know that they love me and they adore me and, and they love their mother and, and we have wonderful relationships. It's one of the greatest gifts that God has given me outside of salvation and outside, well, it is the greatest gift that God has given me outside of salvation and, and my wife. And so I, I adore my children, and they adore me and us. And I love to say that it, it is I, I'm the luckiest man in the world to be able to be their parents. But let's be honest. If the, if the truth were known, this kind of, of attitude is not native. It's not native to me. I'm not critiquing your children harshly or, or negatively necessarily because I'm in the same camp. I, I'm the same way. I know we like to say, just give me Jesus, the gospel. But this kind of gospel-centered thinking, it does not saturate our minds as much as perhaps it, it should. Now go back to my illustration. The present, the gift, it is the effect or the result of what a parent can do for their child. And that's why I said earlier that as you think about this idea of music, and I'll come back to music in, in, in just a moment, but what you want to do is to distinguish between what the gospel is and the effects of the gospel. And so the present, the gift, is the effect or the result. It's the effect of, the, of what the parent can do for the child. I'm speaking of the gift and the giver. It's two different things, even though they're interlocking. And though both gift and giver are vital to your salvation, there must be an order of priority. And so now we're talking about a sequence, what comes first. For the believer, Christ is preeminent in our hearts, or he should be, while the effects of his loving sacrifice is the gift of gospel salvation. You do not separate those two things. You have the gospel, who is Christ, and you have the result or the effects of Christ, the gospel, which is salvation. The, the temptation is to get the gift on Christmas Day, run outside to play, with a brisk thank you, Dad, as the door slams. Now, I'm not being hard on kids, nor am I expecting them to be different from my illustration. However, Christians everywhere should have the goal always to keep Christ at the forefront of their minds. The focal point of all eternity will be the gospel, Jesus Christ. And it will be the gift of the gospel that will afford us the privilege to adore him forever. John the Baptist got it right when he said that Christ must increase while I decrease. He said that in 330 of John. Paul would concur with the great baptizer when he said that, that he had to know him and the power of his resurrection he said that in Philippians 3.10. And of course, you also hear the Father expressing unbridled pleasure in His Son in Mark 1.11. 
And so the question is, what do the gift and the giver have to do with music? All right, let's bring it back into the context of this article, How to Connect the Gospel to Your Music Choices. When it comes to Christian music, there are two types, generally speaking. There are the songs that exalt Christ, the the gospel, the giver. And there are songs that talk about what we get because of Christ, the gift, the present. Again, interlocking, essential, but sequence of priority. Go back to my Christmas illustration. There is what you get, the gift, and the one who provides the gift. Which one do you love the most? Now, what I'm not doing here is downplaying songs that clearly and theologically articulate what we get because of what Christ did through his sacrifice. To sing of the benefits of his gospel work is one way to adore him. But I would be curious to know which type do you sing the most? The songs that exalt who he is or the songs that that speak more to what you get? It's easy to tell. What are your favorite Christian songs? It's a simple way. Perhaps you can scroll through your playlist and that will provide the answer to the question. Are most of your songs, the accent mark, is on the gospel or the results of the gospel? Now, again, both of those are fantastic, and I'm glad you would. I hope that you have both types. But but which is the type that you like the most? Your playlist and your favorite songs will give you the answer to that question. Songs about Christ should put you on your knees or throw your arms up in the air quicker than anything else. Songs about Christ will lift your soul to places that no other music can. The tendency for me is to focus on the what's in it for me mantra. That's a big deal. I mean, that's how we generally think, and that's why it's important to think about this as it pertains to music. I mean, again, let's be honest. We are most in tune to what's in it for me. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a bad thing if that's the most important thing, because you can go to some bad places. To be genuinely gospel-centered in my music selections, I must be other-centered in my presupposition, which speaks to the essence of the gospel. Jesus did not come for others to serve him, but but to give himself to others. And so, therefore, and, and of course, that's the two great commandments, to love God and others more than myself. And so, what's in it for me? Well, there's a place for that. But the accent mark, according to the uh, two great commandments, is to love God and love others more. In this case, to love Christ more than, than even what I get for myself. Now, perhaps somebody will hear me downplaying salvation and grace and disobedience, I mean obedience rather, commitment, God's word, justice, freedom, and many other effects of the gospel. It is a long list 
It might be a fun exercise for you just to list the effects of the gospel because the gospel is so plenary as far as its effects. It benefits. You could draw out a a pie chart, and no matter which direction you go, there's the effect on your health and the effect on your spiritual self and the effect on your music choices, as I'm talking about here. The effect on your parental discipline, as Eric was commenting on 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 the forum. And there would be so many pieces of pie, and it would be so comprehensive. And so there are many wonderful effects. All of those things are benefits of Christ's work in our lives. And so if you hear me downgrading those things, you're not listening well. You should never downplay the benefits of the gospel in fact, when you hear, when most of you hear the word benefits, I mean, one of the things, the, one of the verses that you hear, first of all, is Psalm 103, 1 and 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. But as you hear those verses, do you even, do you hear the sequence in there? It's the same sequence I'm talking about here. First, bless the Lord, O my soul. This is a beautiful song. Uh, This is a gospel-centered song, by the way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I mean, he gives us an entire sentence, verse number one. And then in verse number two, he starts the next, next sentence with the same thing. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he throws in this last phrase, and forget not all his benefits. They're interlocking, but you hear the sequence in that song. And so we love the benefits, so I'm not downplaying them at all. You do want to make sure that you don't slip into the worst version of what I'm saying here. Now, maybe you have a worst version, but one of the worst versions, maybe I say versions in the plural, but one of the worst versions of what I'm saying here is the prosperity gospel. That version of Christianity doesn't have Christ as the center and exalted high as the primary focal point. No, that version of Christianity has a success formula. I put that in quotation marks because it's not good success, as Joshua talked about in 1.8. But they have their success formula where they use Christianity to grow their profits and their platforms and their portfolios and their personal profiles. They adore themselves more than Jesus, and they surround themselves with all the companions that will pump that winning attitude into their brains. Go fight, win, so they can be successful. That's the kind of music. And one of the companions, one of the companions that they will that will put in their lives to pump that winning attitude into their brains is a music that motivates them to give them the desires of their hearts. And so one of the worst versions of of this kind of music that focuses on the effects of the gospel, what's in it for me, you could go all the way to the extreme and you could be some version of the prosperity gospel. If the effects of the gospel Do not turn you back to the giver of the gospel. You may want to address how you think about the gospel. And so in this podcast, I'm speaking of your music choices. May Christ always be first in your mind and on your playlist. If he's not, perhaps you want to revisit your Christian music diet to examine the kind of spiritual food that is fueling your heart motivations. Maybe reading Revelation 5 
will help you to reorient your mind back to the giver of our great salvation. Now, I have not addressed other types of music in this article. I suppose you you listen to different genres, right? I, I hope you do. I mean, some, some maybe don't. I, I'm sure that's possible. But it, it's great because music is a gift from the Lord. And for example, when I write, as I was writing this article out just a few moments ago, I was listening, listening to Mozart because it's one of the purest forms of music there is. And it helps me to stay focused on the task of serving you. I've talked about, I talked to our mastermind students about this. I call it, I'm in Mozart mode. When I'm in Mozart mode, that, that means I'm, I have my noise canceling headphones on and I can't hear anything but Mozart playing in my brain and it helps me to stay focused. I don't think I can listen to Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath or for those of you who are under 40, you might not know who those are. And don't even Google them. It's not worth your time. But but whatever headbanging music that the young generation listens to, you can't write with that kind of music in your brain. And I'm not recommending that you listen to that music anyway. But But music is a beautiful thing. And there's other kinds of music, other genres other than than Christian music, and I trust that you listen to them. And the point of this podcast is not to necessarily talk about the different kinds of music and should you listen to them or not, uh, but there are some good music out there that's not necessarily Christian. A- and if it helps you to stay focused on loving God and, and serving others, as Mozart does, it helps me to serve you more effectively by listening to Mozart. Now, there are many musical genres. And again, none of them have to be wrong. It would depend on the lyrics, obviously, what the lyrics are, and also how the music fosters and perpetuates the desires of your heart. The music is not necessarily evil, but our motives, per James's counsel, can lure us away. And so James says in 1.14.15, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. And so if you have ungodly desires in your heart, then you could play a certain type of music that will stimulate, perpetuate those ungodly desires. The music does not create those ungodly desires, but the music can fuel and perpetuate them. And so you you can cut off the music, and this is what legalists will do. They will cut off the music, but they still have the ungodly desires because the music doesn't cause the ungodly desires. Again, James says each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires, and so worldliness is in our hearts, not in the world. And so the music might not be bad for Biff, but maybe Biff is married to Mabel, and, and Mabel has some certain desires, ungodly desires in her heart, in her heart, and when she listens to a particular kind of, of music, it, it just causes those desires to, to grow and, and to begin to have more dominance over her life. So in that case, the music would be sinful for her to listen to. If your musical choices are, 
are part of the negative influences in your life. And they do get in your heart and, and, and perpetuate what is already pre-existing as far as evil desires are concerned, then you need to address why you listen to what you do. The Christian surrounds himself with sacred and secular things that don't amplify evil in his heart, but stimulates him to spread the fame of God. For example, this website here that we have and the work that we do on a very secular platform. I mean, virtually every piece of software that I have, including the WordPress platform and all the component parts, and there's, I don't even know, there may be, there may be over a hundred different parts that keep this machine going. I suppose that the majority of them are, are secular, and that's okay. I have no problem with that, really. But you surround yourself with sacred and secular things that don't amplify evil in your heart, that's preexisting in your heart. But you surround yourself with things that stimulate you to spread the fame of God. Now, you have another website. And that website, let's say, is is evil because it, it stimulates this pre-existing condition that you have in your heart. Then you need to cut that off. And so if your musical choices are part of the negative influences in your life, then you have to address what you listen to. Whether it's music, technology, as I've just illustrated, food, time, relationships, whatever those companions are that surround yourself. Companions are not necessarily people, though they are, they can be. But companions can be anything. Put yourself in the middle of a piece of paper and then write out all your companions that surround you. Those are the influences in your life. Whether it's music, technology, food, time, relationships, you do all for the glory of God. But if any of those things tamp down your passion for loving God and others most of all, you must address it. The title of the podcast is How to Connect the Gospel to Music choices. Let me ask you a few questions and then we'll we'll wrap up here. At your local church meeting, what excites you the most about music? The lyrics you're reading on that that you're reading or the lights and sounds that you are experiencing? I don't necessarily have an issue with the lights or the sounds, but again it's about sequence and priority and accent mark. Are the lyrics more stimulating to you or the lights and the sound more stimulating? If it's the lights and the sound, you, you might have a problem. Question number two, is it difficult for you to discern the difference between the gospel, Christ, and the results or the effects of Christ in your song choices? Now, if that's a yes, that's, that's a close-ended question. I realize that, and so the follow-up is: if it's yes, if it is difficult for you to discern the difference between the gospel, the giver, and the result, the gift, the effects of the gospel in your song choices, the question is: if so, then why is that? Question number three: which do you prefer more, songs about Christ? the gospel, or songs about what Christ has done for you? And the question is, why did you answer that way? Both types of songs are good, 
but which one really floats your boat more than the other? I hope Christ is preeminent in your playlist. Number four, will you review the last ten songs you have sung and put them in the gift and giver categories? What did it reveal? Is that sampling accurate of your priority in preferences? And then finally, question number five. Do you have a conscience issue about listening to anything other than your your favorite brand of Christian music? Some people do. They do. And I understand, and I'm not criticizing that, or uh, I don't want to... I don't want to be critical or harsh or unkind. That's not my point here. But it is something that you, I think is good to address. Some people are on the other extreme. They, they don't have a conscience issue about anything that they listen to. Well, that's a problem too. And maybe you can add that question here. But I'm asking, do you have a conscience issue about listening to anything other than your favorite brand of Christian music? And I say favorite brand because you have some people that will only listen to Southern gospel. And you have some people that only listen to you know, contemporary Christian music. You have some, you know, whatever. But there's so many stripes and we can become so so unkind about that. But if you have a conscience issue about listening to anything other than your favorite brand, well, the question is, how did you come to that conclusion? How did you come to that place in your life? And then you could follow up with, how do you biblically defend that position that you have? The title of the podcast, and if you want to read what I just shared with you, go to this article, How to Connect the Gospel to Your Music Choices. And if you want to talk about it, do like Eric and jump on our website. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.